This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. America has lost a career soldier and elder statesman. General Colin Luther Powell was a soldier soldier and a diplomatic statesman. He was a trusted voice of reason in difficult circumstances. And General Powell was born on the 5th of April in 1937 in Harlem, New York, and he was raised in the Bronx, New York. He died on the 18th of October, 2021, at Walter Reed Army Medical Center, now in Bethesda, Maryland. Many years ago, I was stationed at Walter Reed Army Medical Center when it was still on 16th Street in Washington, DC. At that time, I was an active duty Army officer and Army psychologist. It's now been more than 40 years since I was first commissioned as an Army officer. Today is Veterans Day, a day to honor those who have served in the U.S. military. This is a special day to me since my husband and I are both U.S. Army veterans. And I want to dedicate today's Veterans Day program to the life and memory of General Colin Powell. And I also want to let you know that we will continue with a part two episode next time on the life of General Colin Powell. General Powell served 35 years in the Army, becoming a four-star general in 1989. He served two tours in Vietnam with injuries on both tours, though the most serious incident occurred on his second tour when he was in a helicopter crash. There were a number of other people also involved in the helicopter crash. They all survived, including the commanding general and Colin Powell at the time, who was nowhere near the rank of general, but at the time, he also saved many people who were in the helicopter and got them out to safety before the helicopter went up in flames. Collectively from his two tours in Vietnam, he received a Purple Heart and also a bronze medal for his Vietnam year services. Just prior to his first tour to Vietnam, he married his wife, Alma, who he met while he was stationed at Fort Devens in Massachusetts. And I remember that Fort Devens was one of the first army posts that I ever visited when I was living in Connecticut. And so that brings back memories for me as well. He and his wife-to-be, Alma, met on a blind date. And she was the type who wasn't really too thrilled about the idea of a blind date. It just didn't seem formal enough for a Southern girl, which is what she was. She also didn't like the idea of possibly writing to him for a year while he went away to Vietnam. 
So Colin Powell, he was wise and he was sensible and he was wise enough to propose marriage to her before he went to Vietnam. And so they had 10 days, 10 days that her family was able to lobby together and figure out how to make this wedding work. And they had a Southern wedding in Birmingham, Alabama, which was her hometown. And that was in about 1962. They ultimately had a son and also two daughters in the marriage. General Powell held many significant military roles throughout the course of his career. A few of them include senior military assistant to the Secretary of Defense under Caspar Weinberger, and this was in 1983. He was also the National Security Advisor to President Reagan from 1987 to 1989. And then later he held the office of Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff that's over the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, each of those services having their own chief. And he's the chairman of all of those joint chiefs from 1989 to 1993. This is the highest military position that a person can hold. He was the first African-American to hold that job and also the youngest person to serve in that role. Back in the mid-1980s and to the late 1980s, when he was the commander of the Army Fifth Corps, which was headquartered in Frankfurt, Germany, my husband and I were also in Germany at the same time. My husband was what's called an S3, which is an operations officer of Fifth Corps artillery. And my husband remembers a very special meeting that his boss had with Colin Powell. Present at the meeting was my husband's boss, who was commander of the 5th Corps Artillery Unit, the battalion level unit. My husband was there as the S3. The command sergeant major of the unit was there, and one other person were present at this meeting. And my husband really remembers hearing General Powell speak. He was up close and personal for an hour-long meeting. And General Powell later told my husband's boss, that this meeting was memorable and a highlight for him. It certainly was memorable for my husband, who had always respected General Powell, and now that respect was deepened from his personal experience in meeting with him. Occasionally, when we lived in Germany, we also ran into General Powell and his wife Alma while on trips throughout Germany going to different places. They were always warm cordial and pleasant whenever we saw them. One of the reasons General Powell was a soldier soldier is because he prepared himself at the highest levels as a soldier, successfully completing Ranger, Paratrooper, and other elite military training. He also cared about other people and showed that caring. He lived and demonstrated his values it wasn't just talk. Earlier in his military career, in about 1972, when he was a lieutenant colonel, he obtained a White House fellowship. And from that fellowship, he served in the Office of Management and Budget as a special assistant to the deputy director. This was under the Nixon administration. In this role, he got a 
much broader view of the government and also the world beyond the military lens. He went on to say that trips to the Soviet Union and the People's Republic of China helped him to better see what we normally would refer to as enemies, to really see these as real people. And he would later refer to problems rather than to enemies. And when you refer to something as a problem, usually it's something you can put in the middle of the table and figure out a way to resolve it. When someone's labeled an enemy, it doesn't leave you a lot of wiggle room. So I think it was very brilliant of him to reformulate the issues as problems rather than the people merely as enemies. This fellowship also took him to other agencies, such as the Department of Energy. The White House Fellowship was really the beginning of a military career that was constantly thereafter interrupted when he was on his beloved military troop assignments and he was summoned and called back to Washington, D.C. to serve in a post that had broader service and greater significance for the United States. So just at the point when he would be getting excited about a hardcore military assignment, which he loved, he was truly a soldier, soldier loved being in the military, loved being in the army, felt that that was really his calling. But as soon as he got excited about an assignment, he'd be asked to come back to Washington, D.C. Some of his more traditional military assignments included serving as battalion commander in Korea, brigade commander for a 101st Airborne Division, and commander of forces command as well, Army Force Force Com as we often refer to it. His preference would have been to stay in those traditional military assignments, though when they called, he answered the call to leadership and to where his skills were most needed by the country. And this is what makes him such a patriot. He was active duty during most of those years, and he served in those posts even as an active duty officer, and he truly was benefiting the country where needed. After his active duty military years, Colin Powell continued to serve the country and ultimately was the first African-American to become Secretary of State. And he served in that role under President George W. Bush. In his career, he received more than 11 military awards to include the Legion of Merit. He also received many civilian awards and accolades. I won't name all of them. However, some of them include two Presidential Freedom Medals, very few people get one, and very, very few people ever get two. He got one in 1991 and also in 1993. He also received a Presidential Citizens Medal, a Congressional Gold Medal, Secretary of State Distinguished Medal, and Secretary of Energy Distinguished Medal. So here we have a person serving in roles that they really enjoy, and roles for which he was tremendously gifted, such that he was often called and summoned to do something new. And so next time, what I want to talk about is some of his early education, what led to the epiphany in his life that the military was the place for him to serve, and how over the years he continued to care about 
Developing the Next Generation of Leadership. And we'll talk a little bit about some of the legacy that he's left behind that will benefit other leaders who are now coming behind him. And before we close out today, I want to share a couple of verses that made me think about him because when I think about Colin Powell, I think about someone that people readily called because of his wisdom. He was called up to be an advisor over and over again. So Proverbs, the 20th chapter and verse 18 says, plans are established by counsel, by wise counsel, wage war. Colin Powell was not one of those soldiers who decided that, you know, we should go to war at the drop of a hat. War is a very serious endeavor and something to really think about for a long time. It requires wise counsel. And he was one of the people often consulted for that wise counsel. And then I'll read Proverbs 24 and 6, which says, for by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. And thanks to General Colin Powell, our country was a lot safer when he was here to provide his wise counsel. So join me next time when I unpack just a little bit more about this wonderful statesman and soldier soldier's life. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.